Esther. You know what to do, just listen to Esther. Say positive and fun, it's Esther Club. Hello, and welcome to Esther Club. <laughs> that was not chic or cute or cool. Um, okay, a lot to talk about. It's officially stand-up comedy week on Esther Club. My stand-up special is supposed to air, it's hopefully it will, Friday, this Friday, July 17th, I think at 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock, I, that I, I can't help you with. Um, that's how good I am at self-promotion. And then afterwards, it'll stream, and it'll be free on the Comedy Central app for most of the summer. Sorry, I keep obsessively fixing my hair to the video, people, and now I have an itchy nose. Uh, you know, all the great things happen right when you start recording. So, a lot to go over today. For today's episode, I have got plenty of announcements um, to the club members, and then I also am going to answer people's questions about stand-up. Um, I asked for questions on my Instagram, which is at Esther Monster, and I did a post, posted a photo of myself um, to share a selfie that I took that I thought was cute, and then a bunch of angry guys proceeded to comment and tell me that I looked tired and old. Guys, do you say it even if you think it, right? When you see an old, tired person, do you always tell them? that you see them and that they're old and tired. And then what's fucked is like, I look at these people, they're following me. And I'm like, why do you follow me? Cause usually what hate haters are like, they come in and then they get out. But I'm like, you follow me. Why are you following me? If you just want to call me old and tired. I don't know. And it's funny because when I posted the photo, I was like, I kind of like how I look a little older here. Like I look like an, like a, pretty older woman dare i say woman dare i call myself woman um so that was offensive and i got insecure and then i took the photo down and then i texted my friend john and was like do i look old and tired because he um he'll be honest with me i always say like you know he's he's scared of me but he's more scared of of um being dishonest with me than hurting me with honesty. So he said, he was like, yeah, you look tired, whatever. So who cares? Anyway, I posted that asking for questions. So we're going to get into that in a minute. It, um, Q&A about stand-up comedy. So hopefully I can help you. I doubt I can, but we're going to try because it's, you know, we're celebrating hot for my name on Comedy Central. It is fucking crazy. You know, I went into Rick Glassman's podcast, um, the shoes off, take your shoes off podcast today. And he really hammered home for me. He's like, you know, your special's coming out. This is a really big deal. You need to promote it. Um, because he was surprised that he was begging me to do his podcast. And he's like, why weren't you asking me to do it to promote your special? And I was like, well, obviously, you know, coming and doing your podcast is annoying. Love Rick. But if you see when I go on his show, it's just like, I don't know. He just bothers me. He He's one of those friends where it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Okay. Announcements. Esther Globe announcements. You know, my special airs, Hot For My Name. Huge announcement regarding Hot For My Name that I told the people on the Patreon, which by the way, patreon.com slash Monster if you want the daily live streams and all that stuff, early merch access, whatever. So, 
Oh, and there's, oh, there's a Discord. We started Esther Club Discord. Um, Discord is like an online chat server. So all the Esther Club fans and, you know, all the other Esther things can, you guys can chat. I pop in. Anyway, there's Discord, patreon.com slash Esther Monster. Okay. So you guys, so I this week DM'd one of my favorite coffee shops in Los Angeles. Truly, I was just like, high on life fr- late Friday night. I was like, I'm just going to DM them and see what happens. And the, the coffee shop is Dayglow Coffee. And they have the coolest branding. I talk about them a lot, especially on my live streams. They have the cutest cups. They they just are really environmentally friendly. You know, they're really a great brand and a great company. They have a coffee shop in West Hollywood and Silver Lake. And then I, I always see that, I guess they're opening Chicago which would be huge for me because I'm going to live there soon. I mean, not really, but maybe not, not really, but in my fantasy. Anyway, I'm like, do you guys want to do a collab for my special launch? And they're like, sure. I'm like, what? Are you serious? And normally like the company that is presenting the TV project, you know, like Comedy Central or for Alone Together, it was Freeform. Normally, they'll handle this kind of shit, but because they're not really doing this kind of stuff for me, although they're doing amazing stuff, Comedy Central has me a billboard in Times Square. We've got a billboard on the Beverly Center starting July 15th. So we're good. Like, Comedy Central has us covered, but I'm like, let's do the less necessary, more dorky but also satisfying shit so anyways you guys there's gonna be a special esther hot for my name like jug of a drink that's a really bad way of saying it i'm going to test the flavor to do a taste test on tuesday and i'll obviously update you guys but i think it's gonna launch probably um July 20th or so, and I think we're going to call it the Iced Hot for My Name. Get it? <laughs> I know why isn't it just a hot drink, but no, it's the Iced Hot for My Name. And I'll probably be, you know, normally you shouldn't announce these things until they're ready and not just tell you, like, what it might be, but I'm too excited, and you guys are, there's only a few of you who listen to this, so um, the Iced Hot for My Name, I think it'll be um, a jug of a latte and it'll be half coconut milk, half oat milk, basically latte in a jug. So, you know, it's like like a half gallon. So you can get how many days of that? 64 ounces. Oh, no. Three, five days of lattes in the morning? I don't know. So, very excited. Definitely can't wait for the ice top for my name. Hope it sells well so that they will keep it. They don't even have to name it after me. I just would love for them to always have the iced half oat, half coconut milk drink because then I could just get that for the week when I'm lazy and don't want to, or when I'm working and don't can't make my own coffees. Okay. That's the first announcement. That's really not an announcement. It's just something that might happen soon. It will happen, but not finalized. Okay. Next on the list, guys, I have a text number for the world. What does that mean? I have a new update, automatic update texting phone number. So what that means is basically, here's the deal. When I used to go on tour, you know, back when there used to be like a world, 
I would do a show in, let's say, Seattle. I would, I would have a great show. And then I'd fly home the next day and I'd see a comment on my Instagram and it would say, when are you coming to Seattle? And I'd be like, I'm leaving Seattle right now. So not for a year. And they'd be like, I didn't know. And I would get angry at these people. But then I realized it's not their fault. It's the Instagram algorithm's fault that they didn't see I was there. But now I'm annoyed and they're annoyed and everyone's annoyed. So that's why there's a new system. We're trying it out. We'll see if it works. Um, obviously, it doesn't apply to tour dates right now because I'm not touring until it's safe for everyone involved. And it's not safe for everyone involved. So fuck that. And also, look, you know, my, you know, I should know how I feel. I'm, I'm going to be the last comic performing, not last comic standing, the last comic performing. I'm not going to be in the first wave of people that try to make this work. So, okay. So the, basically what you do is you text this number, you'll get like a, um, a prompt back and you just follow up. It's very easy. I've done it. I've signed up for, um, a few people's updates. I signed up for Whitney Cummings updates. I've signed up for JLo's updates, you know, it's all happening. Vanessa Hudgens has updates. Honestly, real talk. Once I saw Vanessa Hudgens doing it, I was like, I need it too. She's so cool. Her little sister used to work at Brandy Melville, which was this cool clothing store in Studio City. And I, it was, it was so cool. I was so starstruck by her little sister. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you the number. And if you can pause and do it now. But I'll, I'll have the number in the description for the YouTube video. The number is 847, yeah girl, sorry, 847-648-9098. Again, 847-648-9098. You text that number. And you guys, I'm going to be so chill with my text updates. You know me. If you've signed up for my newsletter in the past, you probably forgot because I never send out newsletters because I'm just, I, you know, I'm that friend on the group text where I just don't say anything because I don't want to bother everyone, which is weird because I do have a podcast called Esther Club, which is literally my name and it's a club, but you guys click on this for this reason. So I don't feel bad blabbering on, but in a group text where it's like 13 people and then me, I'm like, all 13 people are not going to want to like see or hear me talk about this new tie-dye color that I just discovered, you know, well, you get it. Okay. So that's it, that if you want updates, especially because, please don't get mad if you didn't, this is another example of this, but if you didn't see on Instagram, I launched the Sleepover by Esther tie-dye store last week and everything sold out really fast, which thank you for your support. Thank you so much for your support, truly. And all the money is going to a good cause. So thank you. You make me feel valuable to society. So... Everything sold out really fast. And of course, a lot of people were like, we didn't know. And that's where, that's why also why that and Vanessa Hudgens is ultimately why it was like, I'm going to do the texting thing. I'm going to try it out because people are not getting the alerts and I feel guilty. I know what it's like to 
really want to be involved in something and then you miss out and you feel like you didn't even do anything wrong. You just missed out. And I am very aware we're talking about fucking tie-dye t-shirts. So I get it. It's not important, but it's fun. It's recreational. It's something we're into right now. So no judgments, whether you are sick of hearing me talk about tie-dye or you're excited about it. I am excited about it. I absolutely love it. I just made another one of these Silver Lake foresty ones, which is like a nice blue-gray with forest green. Um, so I'm really enjoying it, and I just, I'm trying the texting thing. So again, text that number, it'll prompt you, and what you'll end up doing is just texting back to it, sleepover, and then you'll get all the sleepover updates, which will be very infrequent, I promise. Okay. Next announcement. We're bringing back segments. Segments are back. The segments that we have today are, we'll, we'll do a full body scan, we'll do questions and concerns, and we will do um, anti-sadness. And I'm going to run you guys through what those segments are in case you forgot, in case you're new. So the full body scan is when I go scan from head to toe how I'm feeling in my body because I'm a hypochondriac and I'm very in touch with how I feel. So we'll just... Let's just do that. No, let's tell you what all the segments are. That's the full body scan. Questions and concerns. I take a question from a listener and I take a concern from a friend or family member. The requirement for submitting a concern is that you just have to, you know, be someone that knows me. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you kind of know me and I'm, I will take friendly, gentle concerns from you via that texting number. I, you know, will comb through them or have someone at the podcast help me comb through them. Um, comb through them. Like there's going to be so many, but I just, I'll just fly. Anyway. Um, and then anti-sadness is, so that's something that you're going to do, well, me, <laughs> and you will think of yours too, I hope, because you'll be in so inspired by mine. Anti-sadness is you're going to work. I'm going to share one thing I'm going to do this week. That's going to combat sadness. So you don't do it to be happy. You do it to fight sadness. Okay. Let's start with the full body scan. The one I want to do the least, because for some reason just feels so awkward to do that sitting here by myself. (sighs) Okay. Head. Good. Not much going on there. Don't make fun of me that I know that was an easy joke I set up. I want to say when I get to the eyes, there's almost like a barely there awareness in the eyes. Um, going down. Neck is good. Nothing, nothing extreme to import, to report about the neck. Shoulders are good. Um, chest area is good. You know, maybe a little, I'll say it heavy. You know, I'm, I'm in that cycle, part of my cycle where there's just extra awareness here. Going down. Stomach is actually not hurting, which is really, that's really good to know because I had a big veggie sandwich earlier with a lot of bread and I would think that that would just have things just not good, but it's totally fine. Um, stomach is good. Hips, guys, hips tight every night. 
That's my rhyme. Hips tight every night in quarantine. Like, every night I lay down and go to sleep and I'm just like, ah, my hips, they're burning. It's crazy. Okay, keep going. Um, thigh area seems normal, nothing, nothing going on. Um, an itch, an itch above the left knee. And just like the feet are just like, they're fine. But now that I actually come back upward a little, my hands are also, my hands hurt all the time now. Cause I'm always on my tablet during tablet time. So I'm always like pointing and so my hands are always, my finger is always puffy actually. Okay. That was the full body scan. I know, I hope it was as sterling for you as it was for me. Now, anti-sadness. So my anti-sadness assignment for myself this week is I want to take some time to look away from a screen and look at a blank piece of paper. So what I mean by that is sometimes when my mind is just kind of not necessarily racing, but like maybe spinning out or maybe sludge, I call it sludgy, like my mind is just... It feels sludgy. It feels hard to, to do stuff. It feels like, oh, the five things on my to-do list are kind of like dancing around. But like in order to get to one of them, you have to like get through all this like sludgy mud. Um, so sometimes when I feel that way, I end up just staring at the screen. And that almost makes it worse. It, dare I say, exacerbates the problem as opposed to relieves, gets us away from the problem. So I was thinking what I would do, which by the way, when that happens, one other thing I'll do for the sludgy brain is I'll just put on, I, it sounds crazy. I'll put on a podcast, a video, um, basically a podcast or a YouTube video. And I'm telling you that for some reason, there's something about like having to listen to something else that takes me out of the sludge. And then Instead of distracting me more, it gets me back on task. It's really weird. I, like, it surprises me, but it works. It's a good trick. But my anti-sadness this week is to, instead of stare at the screen, pull out my journal, which has a sleepover sticker on it, obviously, and just look at a blank piece of paper in my journal and write a few things down. That's it. I, I honestly think that's super simple, easy assignment will be anti-sadness. We'll see. Comment below uh, if you guys have anti-sadnesses to share for this week. I would love to know and get inspired. Okay. So for questions and concerns, I have questions about stand-up from people, um, which that I want to get to. So I want to I want to do the concern from a friend or family member, and then I'm going to jump into the questions and we're going to just take it home with questions. So this is a concern from my friend, John. I'm concerned you idolize people who you think are hot and you don't know what's good looking and have bad taste and looks. You have worse taste in, you have the worst taste in both men and women. I've never seen anything like it. Okay. True. I, 
I definitely, I think the biggest issue, the the true concern here should probably be that I do idolize people that I think are attractive. It's, it's bad, but it's, but it's what the media taught me. The media taught me this. So it's not my fault. I'm the victim. Victim dance. So yes. Do I idolize people that I think are attractive? I do. Did I start doing the, the, the text me for updates thing because Vanessa Hudgens is doing it? I am. Look, I'm productive. Okay. I started a, a tie dye clothing line for a good cause. I'm going to ride that one out for a while to say that I'm not so bad, but I totally also get that it's tie dye and it's really not a big deal. <laughs> okay. Next concern. I'm concerned you think your tie-dye business is real and you don't understand overhead costs. I swear I did not know that was what was coming. I, I'm not even going to reply to that one because I feel backed in a corner. But not understanding overhead costs has been an issue. Let's just say... I spent some money on this business more than, more than, more than. Okay. All right. So segments, check. Announcements, check. Let's get to questions from people asking for advice for stand-up comedy. The post is archived because people told me I looked old and tired in it. So I said, in celebration of my special airing next Friday, I wanted to do a stand-up comedy Q&A episode of Esther Club. Please post any of the questions you've had about stand-up comedy and I will try to help. How do you not imitate other comics that you see often or grew up watching? From Natalie Waddley Wu. Great name. You know, this is a common concern for comedians and to be honest I'm not trying to be a hater but I see it and it's you have to be aware that it's a real possibility to slip into doing someone else's cadence mannerisms um delivery style like that's all really possible it's really easy to fall into that and not be aware and I would say like the best way is to <clears throat> especially when you're finding your voice and starting out in stand-up comedy it sounds really counterproductive but watch less comedy watch less stand-up definitely watch less people that you might be like um you know a, com a really common one is David Tell. I see a lot of comedians sound like David Tell. That was a common one, at least I remember, you know, maybe five years ago. Um, another one, when, when I did open mics, is you'd see a lot of Sarah Silverman's. You'd see a lot of people fully doing Sarah Silverman impressions and not knowing it. Um, and sometimes it just, ha just happens. It's not, like, malicious and people don't even know they're doing it, so you feel bad. Like, it's... It's not, it's, but it's good to be aware that it's very possible and don't ever, you know, this is where having a really trustworthy comedy friend comes in hand where you're like, am I doing an impression of someone? Would you say I sound like, 
so-and-so, just ask them, you know, ask someone, get opinions, be aware, make sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how, from side effects, zero, zero, how nervous were you the first time you did stand up? I was so nervous and I don't even remember it. I was, you know what I do remember is I remember hearing that there was going to be a comedy show on my college campus. And I was like, I guess I need to do it. I guess I should. I, I guess I have to do it. And I remember I was sitting in the backseat of a friend's car and I was like, and opened a notebook and I was like, I guess I have to write a joke. And really feeling like what, like you had just been handed uh, like the like some kind of rocket science questionnaire and you had to answer it and you were like, I don't know any of this. I don't know what any of this means. That's how I felt. I was like, there's no way. So I guarantee you if you feel scared to do stand up and like you don't know anything about how to start, you are no further behind than I was when I started. I truly felt like I didn't even understand what it was. Anyway, all I did was try to run ideas by friends and just if things got a chuckle and I, I don't remember the set at all because I was, it was probably so terrible. And that's another thing. It's like your first time, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be bad. You know, some people have this story where they're like, the first time I did it, I got all these laughs and it was great. And that's why I stuck with it. Cause I had that good feeling. I hear that story a lot. I don't have that story. I don't remember any like great first set. Of course, early days, I remember some really good sets where I just felt the highest high off stand up. But in terms of putting real pressure on a first set, not how I feel. That's not me. BJ Segura, how do you handle a crowd that isn't responding to your jokes? Honestly, you have like, cause it happens. It, it happens to everyone, especially if you're out there hustling, you're gonna find yourself in front of audiences that don't fucking like you, don't get you, they're not in the mood for you. You're the 14th comic on the lineup and they're hot and they, they're, there's no more alcohol, whatever it is, like there's going to be a time where people aren't going to like your jokes and you, I personally like dig in, in a weird way. Like I don't just pretend I'm not bombing. I like dig into the crowd and I'm like, all right, you guys don't like this. I'm doing shitty because chances are if you stop doing your act and you get real with them, they're gonna no matter what, relate and and enjoy that because they're going to be like, oh, wait, oh, they're, that person's like talking to us now and they're acknowledging what's real because when you think about it, if you're sitting there in a fucking bad mood because it's been a long night and the comedians are boring, you're, you're going to tune out the jokes. You just are. But once someone starts being like, God, it is hot in here. Who's, you know, whatever it is, just really acknowledging the real situation. I think that's a really great way to dig yourself out of a time when jokes aren't working because jokes are not always going to work, especially when you're me. Saturn Johnson question. Can you gauge the attitude or intelligence of an audience and modify your routine to fit the room or the brain? You know, I used to really, I used to really try to do that. I used to try to gauge the room, gauge the age of the crowd and perform for that. And I would kind of dumb myself down or 
just not be truly authentic. And I don't recommend doing that. I think there's a time and a place where it's like, okay, it's all, you know, certain cities you play and it's your crowds are all much older people. And it's going to be really awkward when you're doing your Instagram jokes and all that. But ultimately, you're there to work on your act. That's the thing. It's like you're doing two jobs when you're on stage doing stand-up. You're trying to, you want everyone in the room to have a great time, but selfishly, you want to work on your act. So you really have to balance those things, right? Like sometimes it's just not going to work out and you have to do the crowd work and you have to be in the moment, um, that way. And people are going to, people are going to love that. You can get yourself out of any situation when you're just dealing with crowd work in the moment, but you also don't want to always go to that because then you have no act. You haven't built this hour act, this 15-minute act, this five-minute act, whatever it is you're building towards a late-night set, a half-hour special, an hour special. So, you know, that's always my philosophy is, like, I have to balance. I have to put on a good show. People paid money to see me. But I also have to to do, to do get what I need out of this. Why did I fly to Wichita on a to to lay over flight at 4 a.m. and I'm staying in a hotel that I don't love and I just had macaroni and cheese for the third day in a row like I also have to get something out of it but you get what I'm saying you got to be a little selfish you know like but you also have to put on a good show you get it I've said it a million times um Freak power party. Why do stand-up choose LA or New York? Would it, wouldn't it be better for the stand-up community, community to be less concentrated? I don't know. You know, this is another thing that often gets talked about. Like, where do you want to live? Where's the best place? Is it New York? You know, I, I personally really wanted to be in LA. I, I probably could have and should have lived in Chicago and done stand-up in Chicago before. I didn't want to because I knew if I stayed at home, I would never have ambition. I just wouldn't. I would be so comfortable. Um, I, I would just be so comfortable at my parents' house that I, I would never have gotten my ass off the couch to an open mic. I know that. But because I was terrified to... I was terrified. We'll just leave it at that. That that I had dropped out of school, moved to LA, like just paid all this money, bought a new mattress, like started a life. I had to go out and do. I was I was so hungry because of all the risks that I took of dropping out of school and you know, it felt it may not sound risky today, but it felt really risky. Like put yourself in 11 years ago, and that shit was risky, okay? It, like, I don't come from a wealthy family by any stretch, so I don't have a plan B. I don't have a fallback. You know, I, I really... Anyway, that's my reason why I came to L.A. Um, I definitely think, though, if you can be in a city where there's enough open mics, why not? But at the same time... People go to LA and New York for a reason. There's so much more opportunity. There's You can't compete with the amount of stage time you're going to find in New York. I mean, there's times when I'm on trips in New York and I'm like, I just did five sets in two days. I need to fucking move here. I need an apartment here. I need to, do, you know? So 
you have to really, again, all this is really hard to talk about because it's a pandemic and I don't know when it's going away. Fucking hopefully soon. A lot of people are like, Esther, of course it's going away. I'm a doomsdayer. I don't know, but I have to assume it'll be gone within two years and we'll be back to normal. Um, and the landscape will be different, but I do think some, I hope some of these principles will still help. Outlaw Josie Wales. How do you know if you're funny? I don't know. So if you want to do it, just, just go for it. I don't know how you know if you're funny. You try and you try. And if you get some laughs and you make people laugh, you might be funny. Then you should keep trying. I, I don't know. I'm not strict. I'm not like, well, you had to have been the class clown and you had all your friends have to think you're the funniest person. No, you might, by the way, some of the funniest stand-ups I know are very quiet and not cracking jokes all day. They're kind of introverted and they're thoughtful and careful about what they say in, in conversation and they work on their act. They, they, spend so much time working on their act at home that when they get on stage, they know what they're saying. It's carefully laid out and they're hysterical. That's what's so great about stand-up is you don't have to be quick-witted. It's obviously great if you are. Um, I'm so jealous of people who are that, but you don't have to be that to be stand to be a great stand-up. Really, you don't have to be. You just have to write a great quick-witted act. Didn't have to be quick to write it. You could be like me and take 10 years. Great. One of the comments says, you look tired. Fucking thanks. Fucking thanks. <sighs> At least say like, you look cute, tired. <sighs> Yankee 22153. How do you get over stage fright? You just do it. You just do it. I'll never forget when I was shooting this video with Sam Tripoli, where we were walking around Hollywood Boulevard and I was dressed in a schoolgirl outfit, which is at this point in time kind of disturbing. But um, I was, you know, 21 or 22. And I was asking people, strangers all over Hollywood Boulevard, the, the bit of the, the video, which if you haven't seen it, you should look it up. I think it's called like Little, Ask, Little Esther Asks Sex Questions. So I walk around, I'm like, acting like a little kid. I'm like, what's a blowjob, you know? And then people had the fucking funniest reactions. It was so, it was, it's a really funny video actually. So anyways, I remember before shooting that video, I was like standing there on Hollywood Boulevard with a microphone in my hand, looking at the camera guy, looking at Sam. And I was like, uh, I, ha I said I would do this. And now I have to do it. And I'm fucking terrified. I don't want to ask strangers what's a blowjob. And that was when I learned you just go like, you just have to do this. You're here. You you just have to do it. That That's it. It's like you're terrified. You might have stage fright. But you put yourself in the position and you got to do it. And that's it. You got to back yourself into a corner. Brian Washed, do you get sick of saying the same jokes night after night? I feel like I would get tired of repeating myself. Totally, of course. You you do and you don't. You do, but you also find ways to make it fun. You know, one common way is let's say you're you've been doing the same bit. You add you change up a word, you you add a tag, you know, you do little things to make it more fun and sometimes you'll weave in a little crowd work because honestly when you get sick of your act 
especially, oh my God. Right after I shot my special, I was so sick of my act and I did it um, a weekend somewhere and I just, I like basically did all crowd work. I, I was like, I, I can't do my act anymore. I mean, I did most of my act, but I also just did more crowd work than usual. And people like that, you know, so, and I know it's so fucking douchey to give stand-up advice. I know it's like a cliche, but guys, I'm just doing this because I thought people would enjoy it. So don't judge me. What's your biggest worry or fear when you go on stage to do a set from Buck 17 I used to always be really scared that, honestly, I was bleeding through my pants. There, I can remember certain sets in the original room of the comedy store where I would like not turn this way or this way because I was like, I, I feel blood dripping down my leg. I, you know, cause that's like the cliched fear of women is that you're going to be walking down the street and people are going to be like, there's fucking blood coming out of her ass. And so, you know, times that by, a million thinking that it would be happening on stage with bright lights shining on you in front of a room full of people. That just always felt embarrassing to me. But every time I thought it was happening, I would go rush to the bathroom, pull my pants down and there would be nothing and it would be fine. So I've 11 years of doing it. I'm like, there's no blood dripping. And at this point, if there's blood dripping out of my ass, down my pants for my period, yeah, I bleed out of my butt. I'm just kidding. But at this point, I can't be embarrassed by that. I got to just, I got to have that happen and own it. But I did get adult diapers and I'm going to try them for my next period. So I'll report back. ENB 2021. Hey, Esther Monster, what's a good way to network with comedians slash people in the industry without seeming annoying or overeager? Also, I had oat milk for the first time today and it was just as amazing as you guys described on the last, last episode of Glowing Up Podcast. Love you. Thank you. Okay. So your question is, what is a good way to network with comedians and people in the industry without seeming annoying or overeager? This is a hard skill that I'm still working on because you'll see someone, you'll be excited to talk to them. You genuinely want to get to know them, but you don't want to come off like you're so annoying and overeager, which is literally like my whole personality is annoying and overeager. Like poor Whitney Cummings has to deal with my texts and calls all day of like, hi, Whitney, like what's up? Like, what mascara are you wearing today? I, you know, I'm just, I'm annoying. So if you find that you are an annoying over your person, maybe that's okay. Maybe you just like dial it back as much as you can. I think as long as you're not being fake, you're not really going to come off bad. As long as you're always being in the moment, honest, genuinely yourself, I think you can't go wrong, you know, like, and also though, the thing is, is that the people that you think you're supposed to network with never want to fucking network with you. So there's no, like networking isn't even a word I've really used since like the first year I did comedy because it's this thing that you think you have to do it and then you never figure out how to do it. And then 10 years go by and you're like, oh, this is like. Oh, like, this is what, like, networking is. It's just having friends. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, there's no... I, I don't know. It's just, like, my network is my group of friends. It's all comedians. And you'll have that, too, without being like you... Because here's the thing. I don't 
buddy buddy up with people who have authority over me. I I just don't like people in positions of power to give me work. Like I feel awkward in those situations. It's very rare that I'm like able to be friends with those people. You know, there's probably one network executive that I'm genuinely friends with, maybe maybe a couple, and it's because I was friends with them before they were network executives, you know? There's a couple of them. And it that's it. Like I would never really be able to buddy buddy up with someone that I felt like could help. I don't know. It sounds weird, but for example, like my friend became a booker and the minute that that person became a booker, I got so weird around them. I just like couldn't be normal anymore. I I don't know. I I just my point is, is you don't have to fucking be a networker. Some people are. Some people are very charming. I don't also don't have the patience to pretend to be friends with anybody. Like, I can't do that. It's either we're fucking friends and I like you or, like, we're just acquaintances, which is also fine. But I don't – I can't do the lunches. I can't do the – you know, it doesn't mean I don't like those people. I'm just – just be yourself. <laughs> I sound like such a piece of shit. Who cares? The world is over. A ginger ale. I am a baby comedian of three years and wanting to branch out. How did you earn your first big gig as a headliner? So I attempted headlining several times along my path and completely failed at it until honestly, like the last two years. So I would say if you want to attempt headlining, set up a show for yourself locally, you know, make it a free show or make it really, you know, $5 tickets or whatever it is. Um, pick a few friends to open for you and then just experiment by doing a longer set. Don't have it be a thing where people have paid, you know, a bunch of money to see you. Like have it just be really like experimental. Like I'm look at it like I'm just practicing. I'm just trying. I just want to see what it feels like. So for me, when I had to do that, I, a couple times I flew to Chicago. I remember when I submitted my uh, tape to be on the Comedy Central half hours, which I didn't get. Um, I flew to Chicago for a weekend and then did half hour sets uh, a Friday and a Saturday on the Laugh Factory Chicago shows and taped them. So that, and those were like my first real longer sets. So it honestly just takes a little bit of effort to put yourself in a position of doing a longer set just do that like once a month or, you know, whatever it is. But most people have done longer sets by three years. I just hadn't. I Like I always say, I've moved a lot slower than my peers in stand-up comedy in terms of uh, ability to generate material. I used to be like, I'm a piece of shit. I suck. And now I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. I have strengths. I have weaknesses. That's okay. I have, I know they shine from Stig Grieve. I know they shine a flashlight from back, the back of the room to signal you when your time is almost up. What happens if you miss that? What if you miss really terribly and repeatedly? Have you ever been or seen a comic be escorted from the stage? Okay, so that's true. You get lit at your set. So it's like, you. let's say you have a 15-minute set at the comedy store, about 12, is it tw- I think about 12 at the 12-minute mark. They turn on the light. You see it. Usually, you know, in a smaller venue, it's like someone does a flashlight. You acknowledge that you see it and they put it down. So you'd be like, and then I said, who loves chicken? 
We don't do the hand thing. And then I said, who loves chicken? Looks like that. I don't like chicken. So I don't run the light. I don't run the light. I don't go over my time. Some people go over their time. Some people go over their time and feel guilty. Some people go over their time and they don't feel guilty. I don't fucking run the light. I don't. I think it's crazy to go over your time. You are so lucky you got the time you got to be on stage. Bitch, I don't run the light. I don't run the light. People run the light. I don't run the light. I don't... I am so afraid of running the light that I usually get off 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes before I'm supposed to. Look, I I don't know. I can be rude all day, every day, but I don't run the light. So I'm not trying to say I'm some pristine rule follower because I'm not, okay? Many times I have the attitude that rules don't apply and Nordstrom, you will take this shirt back, okay? You will take it back, even though it's damaged and clearly has been worn for three years. But I don't run the light, and I don't recommend running the light. I, I Look, like I said, you got to balance the line of being selfish and being not selfish. That's just one of the things where I'm not going to be selfish because I've seen so many fucking comedians run the light, and then the show is late, and then my schedule's fucked up, and then their schedule's fucked up, and I just don't. I don't know. I have my certain limits and that's one of them. So I would say don't run the light. And the worst thing is when someone goes over, they don't like hook you off stage. They'll just play music or the host will passive aggressively get close to the stage, like closer and closer and just staring at you. I'll see that. Um, or I'll see music, but, or the piano player at the comedy store will start playing. But that's really, that's like almost never happened. The only time that's ever happened is honestly when my ex-boyfriend was hosting the show and he fucking had the piano player play me off before my set time was up, which we all know I didn't run the light. And then ended up into a huge screaming match in the hallway. The only one I've ever had in a comedy club. This is what happens when you start standing up when you're a crazy 21-year-old. You date people, you get into fights, you bully each other. Don't do that. Anyways, that's my stand-up advice. I hope that we can all continue to do stand-up together after this pandemic is cured. I appreciate you guys tuning into the show. I know this is not like your normal episode, um, so I, I hope it was still somewhat entertaining. Maybe not. You guys, again... My special hot for my name airs on Comedy Central Friday, July 17th, and will stream on the Comedy Central app, I believe, several days after. It'll be available on demand the next day, and it's a, Comedy Central is now on YouTube TV, which is huge, and Sleepover by Esther is my tie-dye business. Yay! Um, you can follow that on Instagram at sleepover by Esther. I have a Patreon where you have a lot more access to... Um, my content, daily live streams, stuff like that, patreon.com slash estermonster, and text me. Text me at the number. Maybe we'll put it on the screen. Who knows? And uh, it's, I'll read it out loud just in case, blah, 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 
648-9098. Text me for all the Esther updates. I will not bombard you. I promise. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great anti-sad week. See you next time.